We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, hey uh, welcome to another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast. We are 40 seconds into the episode, we're already stumbling over our words. Uh, I'm Steve Ribeiro, here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, we recorded pretty late in the week last week and still ended up with a full slate of topics today. We are in full February swing, the Combine started today. How you doing, man? Uh, you know, man, it's a it's a beautiful day. You know, lovely rain in the forecast for California. So that happened. <laughs> um, can people drive in the rain over there? Does it just turn into like basically a blizzard? Uh, yeah, I mean, there are some people that don't know how to slow down, uh, but I feel like that's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's it's <laughs> definitely everywhere. Uh, well, it is a, we're recording this Monday night, February 26th, so we'll go out tomorrow morning, so you'll be listening to this hopefully on Tuesday or at some point, but the big news of the week, Johnny, um, and we have a bunch of ramp stops today, Demarcus Robinson re-signed, uh, Sean McVay gave a bunch of off-season Sean McVay quotes, the big news out of the NFL was that the salary cap went up. $30 million over last year. A increase was expected, but it actually ended up going up by $13 million more than expected. Uh, the Rams have somewhere in the ballpark of $40 million in cap space currently. I don't recall if this reflects the Brian Allen cut or not. Honestly, I'm not sure. I was getting a headache thinking about researching this, so I didn't do it. <laughs> but uh, that's a negligible amount of money for this conversation. Uh, obviously, the Rams right now have the 11th most cap space in the NFL, which is great. 
they can clear out some cap space pretty easily with some restructures uh with the joseph Noteboom potentially being cut which we can talk about later but um this is something and i'm guilty of it too it's <laughs> like that you see this news and you're like wow this is great for the rams they get even more cap space and then you have to remember that <laughs> 30 31 other teams are saying the same thing uh but it is nice that everybody's got a little more flexibility yeah i i that's why like i I never quite understood why everyone celebrates when they get a little bit more money given to them with the salary cap it's not as though their team is the only one getting more money so really even though yeah you are getting a little extra cash and that does help um so is every everybody else so you have you don't have an advantage over anybody you just moving up with everyone else so yeah <laughs> to me it's a it's not a good thing but it's not a bad thing uh yeah and i mean it does like i think to everyone will benefit from this um and i don't think that you know there was a year where the NBA, I think it was 2016, the NBA cap salary cap like ballooned because of a new TV deal. And like instead of, you know, looking at the new money and being like, let's gradually increase this over a couple of years, the teams were, everyone was like, no, let's just balloon it this year. And it resulted in some of the worst contracts in NBA history because everybody just had so much money to spend. And so I think because of that, that had a, ripple effect across sports and i think teams will be smarter about how much money they spend here like i don't think a lot of bad players are going to get overpaid but i think it will um having this amount of flexibility will probably help some guys in terms and like like i feel like this will help some running backs because when everyone has more cap space you have a little bit more flexibility to like pay guys like Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and all these really good running backs that are out there at a position where you're scared to invest a lot of money because people just don't pay that position anymore and it's so replaceable um so I'm curious to see how it impacts how much money people are getting um and we're about to talk about a player that just got a a little payday to Marcus Robinson here but I don't really know if this had any effect on that uh I don't think we've really felt the effects of it yet no, I mean, it was actually about what I was expecting, you know, the deal for uh, for Demarcus Robinson. I didn't, I didn't imagine he'd get much more than four million. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I, I maybe a little bit more. Maybe I was thinking around like the five, six million dollar mark, but four million, yeah, I, I, it was about what I expected. I would say. Yeah, so one year, $5 million for Demarcus Robinson is a deal. He's back. Uh, Robinson, uh, with that deal, he gets $4 million in base pay, another million in incentives. Uh, those are basically tied to how many snaps he plays and how successful the team is, both offensively and in terms of the win-loss column. Uh, nothing crazy in that incentives if the team is really good and he's the wide receiver three he's gonna get that million uh and if they're bad and he doesn't play that much he's probably not gonna get it uh 
for Demarcus Robinson, you could look at his full season as a whole. I think he had like 350 yards or something. But if you look specifically at the six games down the stretch where he played 59% of the snaps or more, um, and this, this includes two games where he didn't really do much, in those six games he totaled 23 catches on 36 targets for 332 yards and four touchdowns. To put that in perspective with Robinson, during that same stretch, Cooper Cup had 35 catches on 49 targets for 362 yards and four touchdowns. So 12 less catches than Cup, but pretty comparable yardage and the same amount of touchdowns. And just for even more context during that stretch, Pukaniku had 32 catches on 51 targets for 548 yards and two touchdowns, uh, which is just insane. But, you know, at some point down the stretch, the team realized that Robinson was the third best receiver on the team. It took them a very long time to realize this. And he basically earned this contract in the last quarter of the season. And now he's sitting here. You know, Tyreek Hill, if you ask him, said Robinson deserved more than that. But given that this guy was a free agent in June or whenever they signed him and um, he didn't really play much until the the last third of the season i would say this is a pretty solid deal for him keeps him in la keeps him in a system he knows he can flourish in and if he if he replicates his success over 17 games probably earns a a decent payday maybe on a long-term deal from somebody next year but this feels like a solid number for him and i think makes a lot of sense for both sides personally i'm Happy to have him back. Uh, this is an, an easy an easy plug-and-play guy here to just be the wide receiver three going forward. For sure. I, I, I think the fact that he just connected so well with uh, Matthew Stafford towards the end of the season, hopefully that is something that continues uh, because we already know that Sean McVay is going to say that he's going to try and get uh, Tutu Atwell out there, and he's just not going to do it. So um, might as well you know, stop kidding yourself and just keep Demarcus Robinson. So glad that that debate is kind of done with. Well, and like when, you know, going into last season, you had Cooper Cup and then behind him, it was just a bunch of unknown commodities. You thought Van Jefferson could be a serviceable wide receiver too, and he wasn't at all. We had no idea what Tutu would pan out to be. We had no idea what Puka would pan out to be. There was a lot of question marks at that position. And, you know, like I think we said, like, going into the season, like, <laughs> there's a chance that none of these guys are good and Demarcus Robinson just waltzes into a starting spot. And it turned out, you know, obviously, that Puka guy was pretty good. Tutu Atwell proved us wrong. And eventually, Demarcus did get in there, but... Uh, you go into this season now, you have Puka, you have Cooper Cup, you have Demarcus Robinson, you have Tutu Atwell. You have four guys who are capable of being quality starters in the NFL. With Puka, obviously, he's projecting out to be very elite next year. Cooper Cup could get back to being elite next year. But if those are the two guys you're really betting on, um, and even if you still believe in Tutu Atwell, I think 
he's going i think bringing robinson back at this price and having those four guys as your your core here in case somebody gets hurt in case you want to rotate around a little more uh, i think it's a really smart move and kind of feels like after this they won't look at any wide receivers in free agency and maybe they add somebody on day three of the draft if somebody falls to them uh maybe they add a vet in the demarcus robinson mold uh but i don't know yeah as far as wide receiver is concerned for the uh 2024 season i i think you're right steve i don't i don't know if there's really much more that the rams will really have to do now that demarcus robinson is signed um which is a good thing because it's one less thing to worry about even if the rams lost demarcus robinson though i mean I don't imagine it would have been like a huge search, but it does. It, it's one less thing to worry about, especially moving down on like, you know, uh, day two, maybe, uh, or even uh, early day three uh, of the draft. You don't necessarily have to go out there and, you know, look for a, another, uh, you know, diamond in the rough. Now you have, you know, your trio, and technically you have even a fourth guy in Tutu Atwell for whatever they decide to do with him. Uh, so it's, it's definitely set and you could still add a wide receiver late day three or even early day three. If they really want to take a shot at somebody, maybe you find another Puka. We never know. No, that that'll never happen again. But, um, you know, that that's, that's a good thing. You know, that's exactly what you want to see because, uh, this is not really a huge area of need for the Rams. So moving forward, you can probably look to focus on other positions like uh, edge rusher, corner, inside linebacker. Just saying. <laughs> that would be the dream. Um, yeah, it, it, it certainly gives you a lot more. F- like, I mean, you are spending $5 million on a wide receiver, but... In theory, you're getting a lot more flexibility here to, you know, this this position, you pretty much can close the book on it. Th- they're going to throw darts on day three at lots of positions. And like you said, you know, sometimes that ends up being Cooper Cup or no, Puka Nakua. I am in rough shape today, man. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sometimes that ends up being a, a Puka Nakua. Very unlikely, very rare, but even if it ends up being uh, a Josh Reynolds, right. you're not going to be upset about it. Well, to be fair, Steve, uh, Cooper Cup wasn't exactly like a first-round pick, so not too far off, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I am excited to have DeMarcus back. Uh, that's a, That'll be a nice addition to, not really an addition, but you know. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, speaking of guys back, Ronnie Rivers was brought back on the um, exclusive rights free agent tag. Now, don't really take this as anything. This It's basically just keeping him on a minimum deal. Um, it's a no-brainer for a guy who you want to be on your roster. I don't think this will affect what they do in terms of going after a backup running back, if that's something they choose to do, which I think they will. Uh, whether it's through the draft or through free agency, but like it would be dumb to not do this with Ronnie Rivers, especially considering that he was basically the backup all year last year. So 
maybe he's a backup again. I would like to see them add somebody uh, if they can get somebody on the cheap. But this is a no-brainer to just bring him back for free. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, uh, Sean McVay really, really loves uh, Ronnie Rivers. And to be fair, he did improve significantly from you know the first year we saw him. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Steve. I wouldn't hate the idea of the Rams maybe adding another uh, another guy, preferably a veteran, just because why bother with yet another running back that the Rams will refuse to use? So, you know, I it, it was kind of disappointing to see, you know, Zach Evans not being utilized at all last year. But, I mean... It's hard to say what they even have with them because you can almost say they did essentially the same thing with uh, Kyron Williams before he was, uh, you know, the man here. So I think we often forget about that. Yeah. Well, I think, like, Kyron Williams was hurt and then played a little when he came back. Like, with Zach Evans, you know, the stars aligned for him to be the starting running back, and then they picked up Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman off the street and played them over him. So we saw that with was Josh John John Kelly is the one who played for the Rams, right? Not Josh Kelly. Uh, no, John Kelly. Yes. Yeah, John Kelly had that happen. They signed C.J. Anderson. John Kelly never contributed as a Ram. Uh, I that's my guess. What's going to happen with Zach Evans? And I think you know they could take a day three guy. I think they'll I think they'll be watching the vet running back market closely and probably end up doing something similar to what they did with Demarcus Robinson last year, where they let everything play out and they got a guy who can play football for basically free uh after everybody else stopped chasing this market. So I, that would be like my guess is is a guy like that. I don't know who that guy profiles out to be. I think it's too early to tell. Um, and with the gas race going up, like I said earlier, that could open up some space for some running backs to get paid. So we'll see. Um, but speaking of restricted free agents and all that, the NFL announced what the restricted free agent tenders are going to look like money-wise. Um, so basically the Rams have five restricted free agent candidates right now. Alaric Jackson, Michael Hoyt, Jonah Williams, Christian Roseboom, and Tyler Johnson, I would think we can pretty safely say the last two of those guys probably not in the mix here, <laughs> Rose Boom and Tyler Johnson. But uh, these would be the numbers to keep these guys. Uh, a first-round tender, which is basically if you first-round tender a restricted free agent and somebody puts in an offer sheet for them, you can match that offer sheet, and if you don't, that team has to give you a first-round pick. Uh, so typically a first-round tender means that player is not getting signed. Uh, I I can't imagine it's ever happened. Maybe it has. I'd have to do my research, but it's, it'd be very, very rare. A second-round tender uh, is the same thing with a second-round pick, and the money for that is $4.8 million. I don't remember if I said 4.9, pretty much, if you round up. I don't remember if I said it for first round. It's $6.8 million. And then a right of first refusal tender, which is basically just you have the right to refuse or to match whatever contract this player signs if you put them on this tender. That's $2.985 million, basically, so basically $3 million. 
And it's interesting with our group of guys, um, Alaric Jackson, Michael Hoyt, Jonah Williams, who I don't really think Williams will get any of these tenders. But, like, you have Alaric Jackson. If you second-round tender him at $4.9 million, it's probably not getting matched. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think somebody would, would give up a second-round pick and pay Alaric Jackson. Um, if you do a first-round tender, it's definitely not getting matched. But then if you do that tender for Alaric Jackson, which, I mean, $5 million for him to come back, that that feels like a no-brainer to me, right? Yeah, I, I definitely think that $5 million is is definitely a fair amount of money for both sides, and not it's not breaking the bank at all, especially for a guy that showed a lot of promise in in regards to, you know, chemistry with, with Stafford. So, yeah, I, I think that's fair. So I, that that seems like the route they would go. because But then you have to look at Michael Hoyt, who I'm sure is a guy they, they'd like to have back. But if you put the second-round tender on him, it's $5 million, and you have to put the first-round tender on Alaric Jackson. I don't think you want to do that. And so with Hoyt, if you put the right of first refusal tender on, that's about $3 million which I personally think is fine. I think that's what you would want to pay him if you're the Rams. But I wonder if somebody would pay him more. Like if you're if you're looking at Hoyt, would you throw a four or five million dollar offer sheet at him? And then if they do, would the Rams match it? Because like if somebody offers him five million dollars and he's on the first refusal tender, I don't know if the Rams match that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't personally. I don't see the the point in in uh, matching for another team because it's not as though this guy had mind blowing numbers. It's not as though he, you know, especially because people will know him more as the edge rusher. It, it personally, if I'm another team and I'm looking at him, I'm probably trying to move him back to the defensive line. But um, him as an edge rusher, I don't know if I even have any remote interest in him. <laughs> I mean, Arch. just being real here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think they'll. I think they would probably. I well, would you pay him three million dollars? Like, would you want him back at that price? Three million, yeah. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. That's not an absurd amount of money. Again, preferably I'd want to move him back to uh defensive line or at the very at the very minimum, you know, move him to just a situational pass rusher. But I I think they have they have more than enough guys, uh, especially stemming back from last year in the draft, uh, because ideally you wanna add like your true edge rushing uh, starter, whether it be through the draft or through free agency. So I think you have more than enough situational pass rushers. Uh, so you don't necessarily need him, you know, to, to come back to be an edge rusher. You can move him back to his natural position, which we could probably use him there. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine a world where he's back as the starting edge rusher. That that would truly be insane. <laughs> um, why don't we move on to some fun? 
Sean McVay quotes, you know, it, it, it's quote season. Uh, I don't have a big quote on Coleman Shelton, but McVay was asked about a couple players. They mentioned Coleman Shelton. Uh, he said the team is in talks to get a deal done, and they would really like to get him back is, is the quote out of there. So by that account, unless somebody, an act of God offer comes in later in the game, seems like he'll probably be back. I don't, I don't really anticipate it. I think we talked about this in the last couple of weeks, like, Hard to anticipate a big market for Coleman Chellen. No, I he he's kind of an interesting player in general uh, because he, I mean, the Rams probably value him more than just about any team would. Um, I suppose that there could be a team out there that desperately needs a center because there are the center market isn't like huge this year for free agency. And, you know, uh, I I don't think that this is going to be a guy that's going to command a ton of attention. So, um, yeah, I think the Rams will will be able to get him back and probably get him back at a very reasonable contract. So um, I can see I can understand the value for the Rams perspective, but something to keep in mind, I suppose. Yeah, it, I, like it, it's a safe play to just get him back, and so I'm not opposed to it. But I, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens there. Another guy who uh, they have a decision to make on is Joe Noteboom. Uh, when McVay was asked if they made a decision on what they're going to do with this, him and his contract, he said, as a very McVay quote. We're working through all those things right now. I think it's so impressive what Joe did, the toughness he showed last year, the ability to really play all four spots with the exception of center. We're working through that. We'll see what that looks like as it relates to his status with us moving forward. But Joe's been a big-time contributor, and certainly we wouldn't have done a lot of things without Joe and his ability to play right tackle, left tackle, right guard. If he had to play left guard, I'm sure he could, but fortunately we had a rookie in, and Steve Avila came in and played 100% of the snaps. And so real credit to Joe for what he was able to do and the many contributions he had last year. So that quote screams to me that Joe Noteboom will not be back on his current contract. I think that is McVay projecting that they will really like Joe Noteboom and maybe they're trying to get him to rework his contract so that they could keep him. Um, an interesting thing about Noteboom that I didn't realize today is uh, – if you cut him right now, as we've said many times, it's $15 million in dead cap, $5 million in cap space savings. But if you designate him for a post-June 1st cut, it's $15 million in cap savings and $5 million in dead cap, which I, I never understand how that shit works. I, I truly don't understand why that shit is a thing in this league. Um, the NFL has some of the strangest contracts in any sports, and I have been covering, and I say covering loosely, but I've been covering the NFL uh, for like a decade, and I've never been able to understand the the, the pre-imposed June first cuts. Uh, but you know, I, it's interesting how like that kind of to me feels like. They're either gonna, they're maybe gonna try and get him to take less money and stay, or they're gonna cut him post June first if they haven't made a decision right now, uh, which I think makes sense unless you 
with that $5 million you would save, like, unless you know exactly where that money's going and you need to clear that cap space, that $5 million to make a big signing happen, I think they probably end up waiting it out and then cutting him post-June 1st. Or, like I said, reworking the contract. I I think probably the only thing that you can sort of hope for if you're Joe Noteboom or a Joe Noteboom fan is that they restru- uh, that they uh, yeah restructure the contract a little bit um, so that you know both parties are happy it's feasible for both sides uh, but if nothing else you know waiting till June first so that they could save you know fifteen million in cap space I I think is the right thing to do I I, I mean. Personally, if if uh, Joe Nopum is saying no, I want my money, then yes, I'm I'm waiting till June first. It, it just makes the most sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they actually have cap space, so I don't think there's going to be like a move out there where they're like, we need this five million dollars today. Uh, so I'm interested to see if they get creative with it and what they do. I'm pretty indifferent on if. I care if Nopum is back here or not. I think he's productive. You can plug him and play him as a starter in a lot of positions and feel okay about it. But obviously, uh, at his like $20 million salary, it's nonsensical to keep him around. So, if they can make it work, sure. Let's take a quick break here and talk about our pals at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is... Our favorite daily fantasy app, it is, even though football is over, you got basketball and you got other sports on there. And if you want to just, you know, if you're sitting down to watch sports, if you're at a bar with friends, if you're just bored uh, and want to have some fun, Prize Picks is the place to be, man. Uh, you, the way Prize Picks works, if you don't know already, is Prize Picks provides you with some stat lines for players um and you basically all you have to do is pick more or less of the stat line that they're giving you and um you pick a bunch of players based on like hey is lebron gonna make more than two and a half threes tonight yes or no you pick lebron you pick a couple other nba players you put those picks together and then if they all hit you win money it doesn't matter what other players on the app are doing, if your picks hit, you walk away with a payday. It's that simple. Uh, and best of all, if you haven't signed up yet and you want to get in the action, you can use our code RAMSTALK, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, for a first deposit match up to $100. So if you put in $100, bucks, you are going to have $200 to play with. And knowing our listeners, you guys are smart, uh, I would imagine you would be good at this. Um, yeah. So get to prizepicks.com or download the PrizePix app. Use promo code RAMSTALK for first deposit match up to $100. Now let's start to another sponsor quick and get back to the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, the last guy we had on our quote list, Stetson Bennett. Remember him? Uh, somebody asked what the deal with him is if he's going to be back, and McVeigh said, yeah, I think the first thing is you connect with him, which we'll do at the appropriate time. You figure out where you are at, and is this something that we feel like is best for him and our football team to bring him back into this ecosystem? Those will be conversations that we will have. I think once we have a better idea of what we'll do with that, then that'll give clarity. You do make sure that you know right now we have Matthew Stafford, and really in our minds we don't have a back quarterback that's on the roster. We'll see what it looks like in terms of how that affects Stetson in the draft or free agency. I don't think he's ever going to play for the Rams again. Yeah, I don't either. It's um, You don't have a lot of confidence in seeing him back in a Ram uniform if they haven't even communicated. That I, That's the biggest draw from all of this is that there's just zero communication with them. And again, we don't know the situation. We don't understand what's going on because of privacy. And it's best not to speculate because it's it's not fair, quite frankly. But yeah. the fact that there is no communication is not a good sign. And I think if you're the Rams, whether you like the guy or not, as a player, not as a person, uh, you, you got to look forward at this point because um, – if, if you're already suggesting that basically Stafford is your only quarterback on the roster currently, yeah, that, that basically suggests he's probably done. And, like, you, we read all the quotes that have come out of Bennett over the last couple of months. Like, it really, like, if... I don't know the best way to word this because we don't know what the situation is, but, like, because they're not... They haven't been saying stuff like, we will have a roster spot ready for Stetson when he's ready or like things like that, you know, like you really, like, I don't understand what, like, it's such a bizarre situation, you know, like I, 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 I don't even know like how to like quantify it into words. It's just like, it doesn't, I, I, it, you don't, it doesn't feel right. And like, it doesn't, I, I don't know. Um, it's just like that quote screams to me that it's not going to work out. And I hope whatever is going on with Stetson, he gets okay. But, like, it, it's kind of crazy in an industry where everything leaks, that there's nothing out there on this. So good for everyone on that. Like, this is none of our business. But 
um, based on what we saw from Stetson Bennett in the preseason last year and the fact that he's like 26 years old or whatever, um, I think they're just going to wipe their hands and figure it out and move on. It's a weird situation. That's for sure. Johnny, before before touching the combine, I mean, did we hit all the Rams news? I always forget that, like, we're still eight months away from the season or whatever. <laughs> it's <laughs> rapidly approaching, which is a, a good thing uh, if you're a football fan. So, um, good news. And, I mean, I, I, I mean, we've lived for this kind of stuff, or at least I do. I uh, love off-season talk, even though I love the season more. But, uh, yeah, the fact that there's news, it's just, yeah, finally picking up. I, I think as far as uh, the other news um, for the Rams, nothing really else. I think we pretty much covered the big stuff. Yeah, we'll um, we'll get to some free agent targets, I think, in next week or the week after. Right now, Combine's kicking off. Uh, our longtime listeners know that. This is Johnny's bread and butter and something that I am completely unqualified to have opinions on at this point in the draft process. So, Johnny, I want to let you cook here. I want you to tell me and the listeners, who who are you keeping an eye on in the combine? Who are some guys you like? Who are some guys you like, whether it's for the Rams or just, like, guys you think could be risers or guys that are just interesting in the combine? Uh, the floor is yours, my man. Oh, man, I, I can spend an entire hour covering this kind of stuff and and steve would probably fall asleep uh <laughs> i don't care i'm a nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff i i love it i live for it um but yeah there there's really a lot um so i'm gonna try and condense it down some one of the things that i do want to bring up a little bit though is that sean mcveigh could give a damn about the nfl combine <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you really take a look at his quotes, I don't have his quotes up in front of me, but he basically said that in a most polite Sean McVay-esque way, he basically said that the Combine is for Bill, but it's not for him. He believes that there's more substance in actually the tapes, so he's kind of old school in that regard. He he doesn't dismiss it completely saying that there is some value to it, but he just doesn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for nerds like myself, um, this is mainly for, I would say, fans and people that like this kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> there are coaches <laughs> that do value seeing the um, the measurables, but um, not everyone does. And Sean McVay falls into that. So um, do I think that they'll take a glance at some of it? Maybe, but um, overall, I think they would probably value more of the interviews that they set up, personal interviews that they'll set up um, as it comes time to draft day. So, uh, yeah, for that, for, you know, that as far as that's concerned, I don't know if this is going to affect the way the Rams particularly draft, but how maybe... Uh, the NFL as a whole will value uh, these prospects. So uh, a couple of guys I wanted to point out. Uh, first guy is Cooper DeJean, uh, who's a, basically a defensive back out of Iowa. Um, 
I was really, really hoping and praying to see um, from Cooper DeJean what um, what he could do during the combine because this guy was really highly touted, um, you know, coming into the draft. Unfortunately, he has, uh, sustained a leg injury, uh, you know, in November. And that's about all we know <laughs> because he it was assumed that he broke his leg. But for whatever reason, not much else is known about it, um, which is weird. So why it's um, why it's become like so hushed is a little bit nerve wracking because if it's more of a issue uh, like regarding maybe a torn ligament or something like that, then you have an issue for a guy that relies a lot on his speed um, like he does. And I was hoping to see a lot what he can do during the combine because um, if if his injury affected his leg, uh, if his injury affected him too much, we would notice right away considering he utilizes his speed a lot. Um, but he announced that he isn't going to participate in the combine. So he's opting to wait for pro day, uh, which will happen a little bit later. But not exactly what you want to hear if you're trying to invest a first-round pick in this guy, which is a shame because he was a guy that was projected um, to go as high as the top 10. Um, easily would have been you know, the top defensive back chosen if, he, if there wasn't like some sort of mystery surrounding his injury. So unfortunately, we won't see Cooper DeJean. Um, Moving to guys who we will actually see, guys like Darius Robinson, who um, is an edge rusher out of Missouri. And um, this was a guy that uh, really rose up in draft status uh, after the Senior Bowl. You know, the Senior Bowl, he just wowed a lot of people. And, um, you know, for an edge rusher class that, not nearly as, you know, highly spoken of compared to uh, other positions like receiver, like um, interior offensive lineman, like uh, even cornerback. There, it's a much deeper class. Whereas in edge rusher, you have like your top five, six guys, and then it kind of is a huge drop off. So um, that's why for the Rams. I'm hoping that they end up signing a veteran um, edge rusher because I think it's going to be harder to find that um, edge rusher that is going to complement Byron Young. Otherwise, you're probably going to have another project edge rusher. Don't think that's what you really want. So uh, Darius Robinson is a guy that I'm going to definitely keep an eye on because if he continues to rise, could be someone that... uh, the Rams might take a look at a pick 19 considering they keep the pick. That's, that's another thing. <laughs> so, yep. so Steve, instead of me yapping this entire time, I'm going to get you involved here in a second. Um, so we talked a little bit about Stetson Bennett and unfortunately, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with them, but we're going to assume that he's not on the roster in 2024. And that being the case, is it worth the Rams, you know, kind of going after a quarterback here? 
I don't want them to draft a single quarterback in this entire fucking draft, dude. Whoa. I, <laughs> I've said this before. Um, I think I've said this a lot. It's like, I don't really, unless you're taking a quarterback high, um, I don't, per, like, especially on day three, like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's worth trying to draft a backup quarterback. Um, I like the Russell Wilsons, the, those types of guys in the world that where you just like strike gold late in the draft, even like your, your Gardner Minshews, obviously your Brock Purdy's, um, those are so few and far between and so many quarterbacks just get drafted and never do anything, um, in the middling rounds of the drafts and at the end of the drafts. And I just think like, Maybe take a shot on a guy like fifth, sixth, seventh round if you want. Um, but for a team with so many needs and that theoretically could compete for a Super Bowl, and that also was able to sign Carson Wentz in like the end of October, uh, I just think that you want a stable. Pre- you want somebody at backup quarterback that you know if you're competing. Like if your guy gets hurt, you at least have a chance with this guy. Um, and if if nobody's throwing money at Carson Wentz, which like I don't really anticipate happening, um, I would like to keep just him back. I I don't know. What do you think about quarterback? Because like I think we are both under the consensus that like it, we didn't really like Setson Bennett as a prospect, but I think it was um, you know if you go back and listen to that pod after the draft, I know that I said I think this is dumb. But if it takes McVay to the fourth round to make a classic McVay offensive waste of a pick, like, whatever, let the man have his fun. Well, he he kind of, like, that guy kind of profiles as a good backup quarterback, but, like, I don't want to draft quarterbacks that profile as good backup quarterbacks, you know? <laughs> like, that just seems like a waste of time. You can just go find an okay backup quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that, and... um Truthfully, the way I, I'm looking at it is I, I've seen in several mock drafts where the Rams went after a quarterback in the first round. And personally, I am not one of those people that want to see the Rams go after, say, a Bo Nix or a uh, Michael Penix. Uh, yeah, the the equation has changed after last season. Um, a, the, the guys who drafted last year ended up being like – way better than we thought and now we're in a position where we're a couple moves away from being a Super Bowl contender and B like Stafford is that guy like he's back like he's he answered all our questions about last year's injury like we're good we can win with him I don't think like I I just you can tr- caulk yourself into going the Jordan Love route where you draft a guy in the first round and he sits for four years and actually ends up becoming the guy but i would rather just try and win the super bowl this year and draft guys that can contribute to that okay so let me ask you this steve because um i think we're on the same page as far as utilizing the first round pick on a quarterback and that's a no-go for both of us now personally i don't like that idea and even the second round i'm not a big fan of that idea however this is a pretty good quarterback class this year. And even guys that were kind of expected to, to fall a lot because um, they didn't have the greatest uh, senior season or junior seasons. Um, 
are starting to pick up a lot of steam, uh, especially after the Senior Bowl. And if we can, I, I don't even know if they'll make it to the Rams in the third round. But if they do fall to the third round, a guy like maybe Notre Dame Sam, Sam Hartman or um, South Carolina Spencer Rattler, um, do you think a third round pick for a quarterback, a backup quarterback, um, that could potentially blossom into a starter someday uh, would be too high. It depends, like, who these guys are. And, like, I'm just going to read you a list. I'm just going to go through. I haven't, I just pulled this up, so this might be a little clunky. But, Johnny, I'm just going to, like, read you guys that have been drafted in the third round over the last couple of years, quarterbacks. Hennon Hooker, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, uh, Davis Mills, Kellen Mond, um, Will Greer, Mason Rudolph, Davis Webb, CJ Bethard, Jacoby Brissett, Cody Kessler, um, Garrett Grayson, Sean Mannion. So that's going back to 2015. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett, right? Like, is the only one of those guys where you're like, that worked out. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just such a low hit rate. And when these guys are there, it's like, and it, did I say Malik Willis? Was he a second round pick? No, he was third. Um, a guy like Malik Willis is a perfect example. Like, was looking like he could be a first round pick, fell to the third round. And it's like, well, why is this guy falling? If they really, really believe that that guy could someday be the start, be a starting quarterback in the NFL, then sure. But if you're looking at him, you're like, this guy can solidify the backup quarterback position. I just think, like, that's the wrong dart to throw. You know what I mean? Like, you can just, like, guys like Teddy Bridgewater, like, that just float around and they're out there and can be okay and fine as a backup. Um, I just don't think you should be chasing a backup quarterback. If if there is a guy who, like, stumbles a lot and, like, they're salivating about him as a prospect, at the end of the day, I do trust his front office to an extent, but, like, I don't know, man. It, it, the luxury picks like that, I, they're not my favorite picks. I can see that. And, and honestly, if the Rams opted not to pick a quarterback um, at all, in, in the draft, I think I'd be okay with it because like you said, there are quarterbacks um, that are veterans that can very easily fill that role. Um, and more than likely, if I had to guess, the plan is that Matthew Stafford is going to be our quarterback at least until the 2026 season. So, you know, do you really need to get your future quarterback now in 2024 Probably not the wisest decision financially, you know, especially if this guy does end up developing because your financial clock is now reduced simply because. Right. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. Uh, um, you look at what the Packers did with Jordan Love. I mean, this is the recent example of it working. I don't think I don't think you can really compare Aaron Rodgers when that happened, when they had Brett Favre, because he was in the conversation for the number one pick and then fell to 24. Um, Jordan Love is a guy who felt like he went around where he should have gone, maybe a little too high, 
and you draft him when you have Aaron Rodgers in a Super Bowl contending team and he sits for a couple years he eventually starts and it does work out and you have another franchise quarterback but what was he on the roster for like three years with Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers won an MVP or two during that time and they didn't win anything and you kind of have to sit there and think like what if they use that pick to go get an all pro player you know around the same time Steph Stefan Diggs got traded for a first round pick and um obviously that pick ended up being Justin Jefferson and maybe that didn't work out but like that trade turned around Josh Allen and the Bills fortunes those picks carry a lot of value whether you're drafting them a player or you're trading them as we know as the Rams know doing that ended up winning a Super Bowl taking those picks and trading them into win now pieces um and you might have fumbled a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers by taking Jordan Love if Jordan Love ends up winning them a Super Bowl down the line then who cares but it's very hard to win um and I think the Rams have kind of stumbled back into a contending window and I don't I don't especially in the first round I with how Stafford did even if you only get two or three more years out of him take advantage of those two and three more years and try and win because someday that window's going to be sealed shut and we're going to be thinking what if if we take Bo Nix at 19 or whatever and you know the funny thing is is this is a this is going to be a topic that comes up a lot more as you know teams you know exploit this formula where you basically develop Super Bowl winning teams around rookie, you know, potentially rookie salaries. And, um, you know, that's essentially what the Bears are most likely going to do this year uh, in the draft when they um, probably draft Caleb Williams instead of, you know, signing or, or relying on Justin Fields, whose financial clock is going to expire in a year or so. Um, they're going to essentially reset the financial clock and, you know, roll with uh, Caleb Williams instead. Whether that's a good move or not, we'll see. But, uh, or if it even happens, but more than likely it's gonna. So, definitely something to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah, and, like, how many teams, you know, get to the Super Bowl with, like, a guy who's like in like the range of like the 10th to 15th best quarterback in the league making elite money you know it's like that that clock is so important and like yeah like if you're if you're super confident that the guy you're drafting could eventually be like a franchise changer um then you do it but like if he's there he's he's probably you know, it's probably not the case. Okay, so we'll shift directions here, uh, move over to offensive line, which if you really take a look at the offensive uh, or at least the mock drafts that you see, like a good chunk of them have the Rams taking an offensive lineman, primarily because three of the Rams' current starters uh, are at the very least, uh, a restricted free agent. Um, of course, we're talking about uh, Kevin Dotson, Coleman Shelton, 
and um, Alaric Jackson. So from a technical standpoint, the Rams only have two of their starters from uh, last year. Now, the difference is Alaric Jackson can come back relatively easily. Coleman Shelton will most likely not cost that much. The kind of the wild card here is Kevin Dotson. And that's where it, you know, I can understand where uh, in mock drafts, that's what they're looking at is, you know, they, they're not sure if the Rams can retain all three of these guys. So that's kind of an interesting uh, point here. Um, should the Rams be considering offensive linemen? And the truth is, yes, yes, they should. Um, even if you are able to retain all three of these guys, maybe you don't look in pick number 19, but you still may want to consider taking a guy in like the second or third round. And, you know, for me personally, that's what I want to see. I want to see the Rams taking a look in the second or third round picks, especially when you think guys like Joe Noteboom are most likely gone after June 1st. So, you know, depth is going to be a concern. You know, you you uh, also have to prepare for other guys that may be departing, uh, you know, eventually, you know, a guy like Rob Havenstein, who his clock's ticking too because he's not exactly a spring chicken also. Though, I'll be honest, I, I want to hold on to him for as long as possible. So, Steve, that being said, um, are you one of those guys that think the Rams should focus on uh, pick 19 being uh, an offensive lineman, or do you think maybe they should wait into the second or third round, or do you think it's a non-issue at this point? Uh, I wouldn't say non-issue, but I think edge and cornerback um, and even safety to a lesser extent are much bigger issues. Um, and I mean, like you don't, you should not go safety at 19, but when you're deciding between a safety and a lineman in the second and third rounds, you know, that's going to be more of a decision. To me, I think unless, like, and, and you know the best class better than I do, like, there should be good cornerbacks there at 19, right? I mean, I oh, think... absolutely. Yeah, I think, like, even if you sign a cornerback, you have to start three of them, usually, two to three. Uh, I would still take a cornerback at 19, even if you sign somebody, because it's a rookie contract. You got them locked up for four years. Um, if, if like it ends up being a heavy cornerback and edge rusher class in the first 18 picks, and linemen do fall, then yeah, let's do it because um, you know I like our line, but there is room for improvement. Even like guys like Larry Jackson, I think can be improved upon. Um, Coleman Shelton can be improved upon. Uh, and like you said, with Havenstein, you know, he's good and I think will be good for a while. But um, if you can get a guy who can play multiple positions and eventually take over that spot, I wouldn't be upset about it. Um, but I definitely do think that, like, cornerback and edge rusher, and I, you know, like you said, like the elite edge rushers will go quicker than the cornerbacks. Um, that is where I'm. I'm really putting where I would like them to go. And I think for both positions, if you do sign someone to free agency, it shouldn't stop you from drafting at that position. For sure. And I think um, I'm with you on, on the idea of using the first round pick on an offensive lineman. I'd prefer not to. Um, 
even I, I mean, because from a value standpoint, there are guys that if they fell, sure the Rams uh, should pursue them. But really, the only guys like a left tackle wise that I would really be interested in, the Rams are going to have zero shot at a guy like maybe Joe Alt from Notre Dame. He's going to be a top 10 pick. So, no, he's not falling to the Rams at uh, pick number 19 or even uh, Olu Fashanu um, from Penn State. Uh, and forgive my pronunciation. I A lot of these guys, I, I know I'm going to butcher their name. And I don't have uh, Steve to hide behind this time. So <laughs> n- normally I, I let Steve butcher the names. But uh, in this case, uh, I, I, I'll probably butcher them this time. So if, if I say someone incorrectly, forgive me. You know, I'm human. Anyway, um, so there are quite a few guys um, in like the interior offensive linemen uh, to look out for, especially if the Rams are unable to go after uh, uh, Kevin Dotson because he wants an absurd amount of money and the Rams just can't sign him, which I I have to say I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Rams should be able to get him, but for shits and giggles, let's go ahead and um, go after a few guys that, uh, I, that caught my attention uh, because, again, I'm looking more at guys around the second or third round so um, a few guys that I would keep a lookout on is uh, Kingsley Suomatia from uh, BYU, uh, a guy that could play, you know, essentially across the board on the offensive line tackles and go- uh, guard um, would definitely be interested if the if he falls to the Rams in the second round. Don't know if he will, but if he does, someone to keep an eye on a uh, Patrick Paul out of Houston is another guy to keep a lookout at. Um, uh, Dominique Pooney from uh, Kansas. Um, is it Kansas or Kansas State? Uh, let me take a look. I can look that up for you. Okay. Kansas it was. Producing your seg- yeah, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, it was Kansas, actually. So, yay, I got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dominique <laughs> Pooney is another guy that actually caught a lot of uh, attention during uh, the senior bowl. So another guy that I would absolutely take a look at in the second or third round, uh, considering he's there in the Rams pick. So there is actually quite a few guys. And in that regard, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If the Rams end up going after an offensive lineman, uh, around that area, maybe even the fourth round, because there are so many guys that really capture a lot of attention, um, so if there's if there's a guy that they really really like and they fall in like the third or fourth round, why not take a shot at him? I, I don't think anyone would really necessarily bat an eye. I think the only time you would really see an issue is maybe if they go after him in the first round. Then I I can understand, but in the at the same time I would be like, you know, edge and cornerback is probably more pressing. Um, yeah, they'd have to really be cooking in free agency to feel comfortable going that route. Which, and also lose Kevin Dotson. Which begs the question, Steve. Are you more pro cornerback or pro edge rusher at pick number 19? I it's It's hard to say until we see how free agency pans out. I mean, like, it just feels like 
the value is going to be better at cornerback, right? Um, but I, I've said this, and I will probably stand by it till the draft. You rank your board. You have those two positions as your top priorities, and you just take whichever guy you have ranked high, regardless of what position, unless they unload the clip on like a Daniel Hunter or Brian Burns or um, a, a guy like that. Um, but I would say today it's cornerback, and at the draft, my gut tells me it'll be cornerback. But like, if they don't spend on an edge rusher, then the equation changes, right? Oh, but I think course. they will spend on an edge rusher. Of course. I mean, if like you said, if you if the Rams do end up, uh, you know, attacking the edge rusher position in the um, in free agency, definitely go in corner. And vice versa, if they uh, attack uh, with, um, say, going after, you know, Jalen Johnson, like it'll go really crazy and and get a Jalen Johnson. I I doubt it. But let's say they do. Then, yeah, I think edge rusher has to be the pick here. But would I lose sleep over them not only getting a free agent cornerback, but also drafting at pick 19? No, no, I think that would be ideal. I would love it uh, because, yeah, you – a Carol Witherspoon's a free agent right now. You have – you easily have no playable cornerbacks on the roster. No. If we count – with Quentin Lake, if we count him as a cornerback, then you have, like, maybe one. Um, <laughs> any of you bring back a Keller Witherspoon, like, as we've said, you don't want him to be, like, the full-fledged, like, guy there. Um it's uncharted territory because McVay's never had a first-round pick. Yet at once, it was 31, and they traded down. Um, this is a real top-20 pick. Uh, and the last time, not counting Jared Goff, the last time the Rams drafted in the top-20 was Todd Gurley. Uh, you know? So, Johnny, I'll, I'll let you wrap up with this. It at Today, at 19, is there a guy that you're like, this is the guy I want them to draft. Easily, uh, and this is a good wrap-up, um, because uh, cornerback, I can go all day. There are so many cornerbacks um, to really take a look at. I already mentioned Cooper DeJean, who I would take in a heartbeat if I know how healthy he is. Um, but, I mean, there are so many other guys, um, like a like a Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama, Um you know, there uh, even in like the second or third round, you could find some gems there, like a Kamari Lassiter out of Georgia, maybe even a Kalen King later on in Penn, uh, out of Penn State. Um, but the guy that I would absolutely love to have at pick 19, and I'm not even sure he's going to be there, is uh, Kenyon Mitchell out of Toledo. Um, and yes, Toledo is not really a notable school. But the funny thing is, even w- knowing that, this was a guy, Kenyon Mitchell, was kind of a fringe, you know, first-round, second-round pick. So already he had, you know, a lot of buzz generated around him. And in the Senior Bowl, he was by far the most dominant player in the Senior Bowl. And, you know, he made guys like uh, Bo Nix and Michael Penix, you know, uh, during the practices and stuff like that, made him sweat, you know, uh, made him look silly out yeah. there and – I think he's a big part of the reason for uh, why they just didn't look that great. So, um, 
for me personally, I I would love to have Kenyon Mitchell. But if I'm being honest, I if he has a hell of a combine, I don't think he makes it out of uh, the top twelve. Like I'd be shocked if he makes it out of the top twelve. Uh, he could very easily take over. Uh, who at the moment people are suggesting is the top cornerback is Terry on Arnold out of Alabama. And I, I could see him taking that spot very easily if he has a hell of a combine and uh, yeah, would kill to have the guy at pick 19. So definitely got to watch at the combine this week then. For sure. Uh, Kenya Mitchell. I love the idea of drafting Cooper to John. You know why Johnny? One reason. Why is that? Uh, you know it. He returns punts. He does. He, he does punts. <laughs> he re- Two birds, one stone. <laughs> he returns punts. He is uh, very versatile. He can uh, play cornerback and safety, and you know that's why people said that he was sort of like um, Jalen Ramsey to an extent because of his versatility. Um, not to conf- be confused, saying he is Jalen Ramsey. Saying his yeah. style <laughs> is like his. Yeah. All right. Well, we went long, but it was fun. Uh, so we talk to you guys next week. Follow us on Twitter at Zero at Johnny Five Not Six at Talk Rams and enjoy the combine. We'll be back next week with more off-season topics.